Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is season three, and we are in some incredibly challenging times on the planet right now. A lot is going on, a lot of dark agendas occurring, a lot of people are going to go through a lot of difficult fear, trauma, abandonment, isolation, and more than ever, we need somewhere to turn to and some spiritual guidance to understand what is going on. I wrote two of my books, Mystical Motherhood and Fertile, which are both available on Amazon in the hopes that women all over the world would begin to want to to make the world a better place by changing themselves. And I believe that the best way we can change this planet is by birthing a new type of child down. And so these books are completely dedicated to women all over the world, changing their personal vibration and their energy and their past and their generational patterns, um, their foods, thoughts, environment, and diet so that they, they can not only change themselves, change the family, but also be able to conceive and hold and birth a new type of child that is free from the past conditionings that they had growing up. So my two books, which are available on www.mysticalmotherhood.com are all about this. And they're also available on, on Amazon, written under my name, Pritam Atma. Today's guest, we go deeply into making boundaries, how to do that with your family during a pandemic like this when everyone's going a little bit crazy and you need to separate yourself from them. And we also talk about her preparation for conscious conception for her second child. So if you're thinking about having a baby or you needing some yoga or some nutrition tips, this is a really good podcast for you. Please write in to mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com with any questions. Thanks so much. Tell me what's going on. Um, I feel really great, except my dad is going bananas and I need to, I need to protect myself from him. Like he's, he is not handling this well and I am his punching bag. And like, literally he called me 30 seconds before I was going to FaceTime you at nine or nine 30. And like, and I, I just feel like I need to like make a better boundary because the only way I'm going to survive myself or the only way I'm going to protect myself is I can't like be nice. Isn't the right word, but I can't indulge him in his, he just wants to fight and argue and stress and like the world is ending, but not about the actual world ending, like not about the actual global pandemic, but about stupid little things that, you know, so I just, I'm, I'm trying to minimize contact, but it's just, it's very hard right now. Cause he's really pushing my boundaries, even though we're physically not able to see each other. Okay. So let's do a little prayer for everyone on the planet. That's about to go crazy because that's, what's going to happen. And this has been predicted by the yogis and many people, the planet is going to go crazy and you, I feel like I'm already seeing it. Oh, it's beyond what you even can imagine. We're not even hitting the, we are at the beginning of, of what will be many viruses of different levels and different things that are going to come in to shake up everybody's net level of neurotic tendencies. So this is not like, if everyone thinks this is ending, it's not going to end. 
this is the beginning of the heart you opening. You mean we won't be back to normal by Easter? No, it's not going to be back to normal by Easter <laughs> on an emotional, physical, spiritual, or mental level. And anyone who's lift, listening, it's so important because I just had another phone call with a friend this morning that said, you know, a girlfriend called her and said, let's go traveling. And she's like, I don't want to. And then she freaked out at her. And so what's happening, I mean, I've said this in many podcasts, but it's, uh, in order for us to rise out of all of our neurotic stuff. So let's go through attachment and ignorance and business and collapse and stuff. I mean, we have to go through our own wounds and our own neurotic things. And this generation that hasn't done it is going to have the hardest time with it, especially because they're used to that level of that's the world is now no longer going to be the same. Government systems are going to switch. Religious systems are going to switch. The way we work with money is going to switch. The way we attach to items outside of ourselves and our level of control and neurotic, everything's going to come up. And if there's anything in you that's that is has all these lower frequencies, it's going to, you're going to get pushed to the edge of releasing them. And so if you've begun some of the work, you're, it's easier to see it in other people, but boundaries are so important right now and so breathe <sighs> saying no is okay and so right now right now we're in a period of the equinox for 13 days after and I know this because I received a very clear message from source and from another person that the 13 days after equinox is, is establishing our own internal balance system during this havoc that's on the planet right now. And we have a choice to choose between this light energy or this dark energy, this panic or this calmness. And I have been self-isolating in a way, actually, you know, just someone on Instagram just now just to post about these podcasts, but I wasn't even going to put anything out there because I don't want any of this to come from my own ego. And I hope if it is, I let it go. <laughs> I, I'm just, as I don't, I don't know. I think there's so many timelines that are happening right now and we can choose which one we want to go on. So there's been periods in my own life where I've had accelerated growth because mm -hmm. something catalytic comes in like an explosion, um, a fire will break through my ego. So what this is on the planet, this darkness, which is an attack, attack from something else, is hitting our planet. And it's going on, on, so we can look at it from the neutral zone, we can go into a panic about it, or we cannot. And right. so it wouldn't be hitting our planet on a level like this if there wasn't a, enough light happening around the planet to need that sort of polarity to, to balance it out, because this is more like a war zone. And anybody who's not awake yet cannot see that. They're going to go straight into the fear of like, this is just about the virus. It isn't just about the virus. No. no. And so if let's put, and, and what our tendency is when you're unawakened is to project all of the issues about what's going on with everybody else, you know? And so it's like, yeah. okay, so the only person you can um, really heal right now is you. And, the, and, that, and that's what this amazing isolation is about. And the isolation is so important because not only is it isolating you from a virus, but it's isolating you from an energetic virus that's hitting our planet. And there's a choice to be going into that really calm energy. And there's a poem that I'd like to read. I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Give me two seconds for everyone to hear. 
And then I'm going to teach everyone how to go into creating boundaries. So there's a poem. Uh, give me a second. Okay. That's the thing to write with. Okay. Here's the poem. Okay. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. That is by St. Francis of Assisi. Mm -hmm. And so what the opportunity this is providing this level of isolation and the isolation is needed. And even from, you know, the level of like working with crazy people and how to create boundaries around that is because it can either bring up all the neurotic things you haven't worked through. And it is, it has for me too, for sure. I've been drinking way too much coffee and, um, but it also can create this really beautiful, calm experience where you can recreate your world and choose the timeline you want to jump on. And so when fire hits in the calcination, which is the first stage of alchemy, ancient alchemy, it, it creates such a combustion within that all the ego mechanisms and neurotic tendencies have to come up for healing. They are forced to. And so that's why the, that's why the planetary system of everything breaking in the, in the, in the area of money and business and homes and safety and security, it's all the bottom chakras, but it's also what calcination does through darkness, the first stage of alchemy. Does, are what are you feeling right now? As I say this, does this feel true? Yeah. 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 So whatever kind of uh, energetic vibration you're running and, and anybody who thinks anybody who's listening to this is like, this woman's nuts. I don't care. Don't listen. I don't know if I'm right. Use your timeline. I'm not saying any of this is right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you've been right. You know, all the years I've known you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying what it feels like. It's a macrocosmic experience. Right. And so you have to choose what frequency you're going to run because let's say there's a container and this is the same as like mystical motherhood of like, I'm trying to create women to be the Holy grail, the DNA to change the vibration. Like if you want to become a cup, let's fill that cup with something. And there's going to be, if there's so much darkness and everyone's going into chaos, it actually creates a really, really powerful time for manifestation because everyone's minds are super chaotic and they're not focused. They're not one pointed and they don't know what the heck to do. And so that right there, you're creating, if we're all in one mind and, and everybody's mind isn't focused, you can create a super one pointed experience right now and manifest what you want. Number two, that light energy, if it doesn't have a lot of places to go, it's going to almost, I mean, this, I don't know if this is true or not. Intuitively, it feels like it's got to fill somebody up. And so if everybody, let's say there's one in a thousand now, I would say one in 100 before, but I would say one in 1000 people can maintain a light energy and there's still light coming down to the planet. And there's going to be even more light coming down to the planet right now because the darkness is so intense. It has to find a place to go. It has to find a container. 
It has to come out from somewhere. And one person in their heart, which is proven by the, you know, those heart people, heart math Institute can affect millions. One person in that kind of light can affect the whole neighborhood. So if you're listening, you may be one of those people. And everything about these podcasts is creating that vibrational frequency so that you can be that person. And, and a lot of people are going to be like, I'm ready to have another baby now. And you're not going to know why. And I bet you are too. Every woman who has any sort of, and that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a baby boom, but also because there's so many souls leaving the planet. Um, are you pregnant? No. You're thinking no, it though? I just, I just read your mind? Yes. <laughs> so if you're listening, yeah, you're, you're going to, that's why I know mystical motherhood is going to get much bigger in 20, 2020 and 2021 and onwards. And it's going to affect more and more women because there's so many souls leaving the planet right now. And I talked about this in the last podcast um, that they're going to, we're going to create a vacuum. And, it, and if we can, let's say, let's say we want to create, what kind of a vacuum do we want to create back to creating this, this golden chalice, this temple within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that light and that energy and that positivity has to go somewhere and so if you're running a negative energy or something's coming at you, you yeah. need to create boundaries. So let's go back to what you were talking about. And I want you to reflect back to the things I'm saying to you to tell me if they feel true to you in your heart right now. I mean, this all feels so true. I, um, you know, I've, yeah, sorry. I, I don't even know. We, I haven't even started I hadn't even started thinking about a second child and I kind of was saying 2021 and then I went to see my doctor and she kind of reminded me that, you know, um, I'm not 33 anymore and that by a lot, anyways, sorry. So she had me thinking and maybe my plan for like a second child was going to happen sooner than I expected. And I feel like ever since that sort of, that was about a month ago, I feel like I've seen the universe showing me signs that, um, that I meant to have a second child because I've had a really hard time because I am an only child and my parents have somehow, um, created this weird um, campaign for continuing the only child tradition, or, you know, and and that somehow by me having a second child, it's going to not only somehow offend my parents, but it's going to alienate us. Um, and it's like, that's, not, you know, I'm hear, hearing myself talking and it's like, that's not any way to live. And that's not any way to parent, you know? And, um, so, but because I work with my father, I have to maintain a relationship there and I have to maintain contact. And I just, I, um, in a weird way, this quarantine I find has been a blessing for me and my growing family. Um, because we don't have to, you know, balance the freaking in-laws and the grandparents and the play dates and got to get her in swim lessons because she's 15 months. And, you know, that's so late. And it's like all that chaos and nonsense that for me never felt very natural is gone. So like, I love, and you know, I know we're only, um, you know, date week two or three of this quarantine, but I, I don't mind it. Um, 
And I feel like it's, it's like my husband is bonding much more with my child. Um, cause he's home now in the mornings. And so he used to come home from work and there would be like a 20 minute, um, sort of remember who daddy is phase. And now it's like, you know, it's like, we're kind of, I think we're creating our family unit. Um, sorry, I totally, I didn't even, it's like when you mentioned this, having a baby, it just like really shook my soul because I feel like that's, that's sort of my next, our next step. Um, and it's scary. And, and my parents may tell me I'm crazy and they probably will. And they have already. And I've spent my entire life trying to make my parents happy. Subsequently made myself sick several times trying to make them happy. And I feel like in a weird way, this is like the biggest statement of rebellion that I've done in my entire life in terms of sort of going against um, my parents. I feel like I'm not saying anything of substance and you're I'm just saying like, so much of substance. you're spilling your soul and you're, you're making boundaries, though you can't see it when somebody, I mean, you are right now, it's a self-created boundary. This is what it's done. And so you are sounding like you're getting on the light train of like filling yourself with some joy and not in complete self-destruction because you've done enough work on yourself to be like, got this, boom, I'm not going to fall apart. I've already fallen apart in my life. I know yeah. what that feels like. And for me personally, like when this pandemic hit on a personal level, I was like, I can't lose anything else. I've already walked away. From, there's nothing in my life. Like I've already done, I've already lost everything. Right. And so I was just like, I mean, I feel for the people that are hurting right now. I feel for the families. I am not ignorant of the situation, but I know one thing is there's a part of us that needs sometimes we'll feel guilty if we don't feel bad. Yes. And a lot of you may be feeling that right now. Oh, well, my, everybody's upset. I should be upset. Um, I should feel guilty for being happy and joyous. And it's no, if my family calls and talks about the news, I do tell them we cannot speak about this on the phone. I have no interest in watching that. Yeah. I have no interest. I mean, I will read an article and watch what I want to do when I choose to do it, but I don't need the comp. So I, so I'm creating my own boundaries is, is if I'm happy, I don't feel guilty for being so. If I'm creating my life the way I want to create my life, I don't feel guilty for doing that or feel shame or guilt for not making them happy anymore because that kind of energy will run you. And it's a generational pattern that goes back super far. Guilt, shame is such a big structural system for fem the feminine. And there are going to be a lot of women that are about to have ready to have a baby and that frequency can choose either way, light, dark, light, dark. And, I, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with either one. I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is that this work is pouring through me and needs to be put in somebody. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much information from my books and there's so much information that you've done. What do you think? Okay, so we know that we're created a, a, a container for you. We know that some people are going to try to break that container. But we know this is going to be your testing time because your your greatest teachers are your parents, as is everybody's. But hers are very <laughs> active. <laughs> or mine are dead. Or not yes. one is dead. So, but he's still active around, but not as bad. 
It doesn't come around anymore. Um, and I've learned my boundary making so strongly that I can now shut it down. And I don't feel like, so for example, for me, my mom is calling every single day and I want to support her through this, okay. but my support comes first because I am the mother of this household. And yeah. anything that's negative in these specifically in these 13 days or within these negative or within these next six months that may take me off track. And there has been a lot of things that have happened to me and there may be ha- things happening to you guys on, on your side, a virus on my computer, internet shut down. Um, somebody, some man tried to walk into my house and open my door and I had, to, but I was so intuitive. I knew to go find him close. It was intense, but I, your intuition needs to be strong right now. Okay. You, you need to have your guard up on all levels and you need to look around you when you're walking. And I'm not saying this to put fear in anybody. I'm saying this because if you're running a lot of light energy and a lot of high powered experiences are coming through you, it's not just about this virus. There's an energetic virus that's hitting too. And so you need to protect yourself on all levels, especially if you're doing a spiritual practice. So yeah. Protection meditations through Kundalini yoga, the mantra, Tithai 2. T-I-H-A-I-T-O-O from White Sun or Sonatum Core. I said this in the last podcast. All night long, all day long, in your homes, all the time. The mantra, mm-hmm. the mantra Guru Ramdas, over and over again. The mantra a call, A-K-A-L, to be played all uh, over and over in your um, houses. This will help to let the souls that are leaving the planet leave the planet and go faster into their next incarnational experience. And it also help new souls to come down that are higher. So these are the mantras that are coming to mind. No, every mantra is good, but like this is, if you want to run, run a higher frequency and, and you've got this level of pressure happening on the planet, you need to pull out everything in your tool bag. And that is working out. That's yeah. eating right. And there's going to be right back to the timelines. There's all kinds of timelines to choose. There's going to be like, let's go numb out timeline. And the people that are used to, you know, and that's going to be really tempting. Yeah. And, and for me, I don't know what happened to me, but I just stopped drinking. I love wine. My God. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is happening? Yeah. And so I, I have kind of stopped. I don't know what about you. So tell me what wow. so for you. Well, I, I feel, okay, it's funny because like we, so very similar where I have what, you know, I have guilt, um, the guilt factor of, um, and I feel like just in the example of my relationship with my father, I'm gotten to the point where I can make the boundary and I can say the words and stand up for myself. And now it's like, but now I need to protect myself in the aftermath of when the guilt and shame come over me for putting up a boundary with to my 73 year old father. Um, and so with, with this, um, isolation and quarantine, we are very blessed where there's an empty house in Santa Barbara that we have. And we went up there to, cause Ivan hasn't left the house in, you know, five days. And so we went up there as a family, just the three of us and, you know, and we get there and the alarm won't go off. And it's like 15 or 20 minutes of this house alarm blaring, the dog's barking, Grace is crying, uh, you know, and, and then I finally, and we're on the phone with the alarm company and, you know, it's like, you can't send someone out to fix the alarm. That's social distancing. Right. So what are we supposed to do? And I just kind of took a deep breath and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to try the code one more time. 
And I tried the code one more time and the alarm went off and we had a great weekend. And I just, I'm seeing instances because, and I, I, I feel like my, I had a timeline that took me down the path that my father is on right now and has been on most of his life. And I am constantly seeing ways in which had he been involved in this situation or had I had succumbed to his characteristics and neuroses of the sort of explosive, overreactive, dramatic, um, it just, my life would be so different. And I think if it's like in a weird way, it's making me grateful for my husband. And then it's also, I'm trying to, in those moments, give myself credit, right? Where like, I see how, wow. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you where like, you're in a moment and you're like a flash of not deja vu, but sort of like what could have been in a weird way. Like, wow. Like if I weren't who I am today, like I would have been screaming and yelling or, or reacting entirely differently. And, um, sorry, I, I forgot what the question was, but I think the guilt. You're choosing a new timeline. That's basically what's happening. Yeah. And I, I see that and I truly, it's like, and I feel like, you know, you've done so much work with me and, and I've done so much work on myself and I feel like, the past several years I've been saying that I'm on the precipice of like really disconnecting from my parents or at least like emotionally. And I just, I feel like that is what, and by disconnecting, it's not like a literal thing. It's just more so I need to be able to not let them affect me. Um, Well, I also think this next baby may be coming in because these babies that are going to be coming in, they can't have those generational patterns. It's going to be a whole new kind of world for them. Yeah. And I mean this, I've seen it and I've seen it and I've seen it. There's going to be couples coming together all over the planet on an, on another level, like with high frequency love and they'll mm-hmm. bring the first, some first sets down. And then, and then it's like an, an it'll be an integrating of a field. And then I was shown that it'll be a lot more. It'll be like, and it's going to right. be very powerful. And so the call for a lot of women is going to be so strong and you're not going to know why. But I do think a lot more women will find this work and need this work and require this work because the old generational and the old patterns cannot function with these new type of souls. It doesn't work anymore. It won't work with them. And so this chen, each child brings a gift. And so this child could bring you a new timeline and you can call what kind of gifts you want to bring. And if you need to make even more boundaries with them of like, nope, we're not doing it that way anymore. I don't react like you anymore. And so it's almost like, they can, he can still yell on the phone with you. And if my family right. talks and talks, put the phone down. Right. That, and that's, that's what I do. Right. Sometimes I hang up, but then that's almost reacting in the same way. Right, so it's he like wants just the fight. He wants the, he wants yeah. the drama, but that's the chaos that he's used to. So remember, everybody's always going to recreate their own chaos. And so once you know what your specific self-sabotager is, it's just like, we all have it. And this is also when you get really high frequency. So like, let's say if I did a lot of white Tantra or if I've done something really, really good for myself, I always used to find myself going to have a glass of wine after. And I would be like, well, it's just casual. And other people could do it's whatever. And self-sabotagers can be very big or they can be very subtle. And even like the subtleness of guilt, there's a self-sabotager to your own happiness. And so when I say the word like, you know, sabotaging, I don't mean it just like, you're walking in and breaking up a relationship. That's an obvious one. 
right? Right, right. Or whatever. And there's sometimes you need to do that for your own protection and for what's really what you're supposed to be doing. But those those sabotagers are um, um, anything that's not in that neutral zone. And it's so hard and they're subtle. And so it's like, you're feeling really, really good. You're super, super high. And then you're like, I'm going to call my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. And you're like, and he's going to make me feel bad. Or, you know, and like you, you tap into some sort of other negative energy. And it's like, okay, you could keep doing it. So I'm going to do this, but then you at least have a time period of how long you're allowing yourself to do it. Right. Okay. And be even becoming aware of like, oh, I'm feeling guilt right now. And this is the same with like, I don't know, Eckhart Tolle, I've heard talk about this years mm-hmm. ago when I followed him. It's like the more and more you become present, the easier it becomes each time. And so going into the heart, this is, I'm not skipping around, but he was always, Eckhart Tolle would constantly speak about going into the body to feel, and Mm -hmm. then um, you're not in the mind. And so as the heart of humanity is opening, we're going to go from the heart to the mind, to the heart, to the mind, to the heart, to the mind, as the ego destroys. And so the heart, there's just less thoughts. It's sort of just like bubbly and childlike. And there's mm-hmm. just more joy. I only am saying from my own experience, I'm not fully there, but I've gotten more there. And yeah. for some reason, there's not as much need for alcohol and there's not as much need for self-sabotaging because I loved I loved the chaos before. Now I'm just like, yeah, I, I like myself more, you know, and um, it's more of being in the body. So when Eckhart Tolle would always be like, feel your toe, feel your legs, it's because you're not in the mind. Yeah. And so... If you start to feel crazy at this time, like you're going back and forth between I'm okay to I'm not okay. I'm okay to I'm not okay. I'm okay to I'm not okay. Just be like, just allow your body to know that, okay, my heart is opening. What are the wounds I'm getting triggered in right now that that is blocking my heart to being fully there? Because until all those wounds are looked at, you can't get, so at least you don't feel crazy. At least you know what's going on. Just be like, I listened to that one podcast and somebody said my heart might be opening. What am I getting <laughs> wounded by right now? Right. What emotional right. part of me is left in me that's triggering from this person or this event that I need to look at and heal? How am I sabotaging by walking into this again? Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is a separate subject from bringing down a child, but it's also a big part of my work is like all that stuff, that's the generational patterns, all the wounds, all the yeah. shame. Go ahead. No, that's, I mean, that's, it's so true. And I think um, what's funny is I kind of had um, a really hard sort of holiday season. And so like January, I found that I was drinking wine like almost every night just like and um and and then I kind of just stopped you know doing it when I was cooking and stuff and 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 now Ivan and I are kind of just like on like a Friday or Saturday we'll have a drink but like you know and I feel like it's like yeah like last night my dad really like I had like a stressful day at work and I, yeah, I like wanted a drink to take the edge off and, um, but it's just, it's just funny how like, it literally was like, I hadn't really been craving it over throughout the week. And then like, it's like, I, it was like a weird sort of like very obvious, like I was fine. Then I had this interaction and then I wanted a drink, like a very clear, like cause and effect 
pattern as opposed to just like, I'm going to have a glass of wine because I can, right? Like I'm not pregnant. I'm not trying to get pregnant. So I'm going to have some wine. And, um, as, as if it's like a self care thing when in reality it's not, um, I do find that like, you know, we had started to get into a habit of cooking more. So sort of like in terms of just timing where our family is, like I've been cooking four nights a week as it is. So sort of like that hasn't been a tough adjustment. And, um, and yeah, and I'm kind of like at the end of the day, like I do find that one, if I drink too much coffee, it's like, it's just, it's weird how like sensitive I feel. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I don't know. Um, but I just, you're um, gonna, and everyone's going to feel more sensitive. And yeah. so if you're not feeling the sensitivities with your emotional body, cause maybe you've worked through the emotional body or you're not feeling it with the, you know, mental body, the physical body. I mean, there's, there's all these bodies people have to work through. And so you'll feel it with coffee. I'm, I am drinking coffee and I'm feeling it way more than I normally do. Yeah. I've had a teeny bit of wine. I felt it way more because the world is super sensitive right now. The energy is super sensitive. And I didn't even think about it actually until you said it like that. And yeah. then, then I recognized, okay, that's why I'm feeling this coffee so much. Yeah. And then it's interesting. So if anybody else is having that experience, just know like, and that's true with the internet. And so that's true with what's coming through. Um, so choose your channels. Choose how much. I mean, if you need to get off Instagram, I can't tell you the value in, in, in that. I know. I, I honestly, because I don't even, I haven't even really posted anything. So I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I going through and making myself feel bad because everyone is like baking cakes at home with their kids and I'm like still working. But they're not really talking about the reality of what's going on inside of them. I haven't been on it for a while, so I don't know, but I, I and I also, I'm like, I can't deal with all the memes either. Like my parents are now sending me all the funny memes about like a quarantini instead of a martini or like, you know, the quarantine baby, but like all those memes. I'm like, I can't even, like this isn't funny. Like it's not, it's not a thing. I don't know. It's not kitschy. Like I can't, I can't joke about this global pandemic. Yeah. Everybody's going to be on different timelines. <laughs> so yeah. tell me what you're going to do from the work that we've worked together to prepare for this next baby. What would you do now? So what, how would you tell another woman what to do? Well, okay. If you were going to teach somebody, you know, how you, if you learn, you learn by teaching. If you were going to tell somebody who's listening right now, how to do this, what would you tell them first? I mean, I'd say first start doing Kundalini yoga meditations, like the Sat Kriya. That's how I started um, doing it only three minutes a day. Cause I was very new to everything. Um, and I think for me giving up the, uh, being able to be more open to different foods and um, trying to eat less meat and more vegetables and and really becoming more in tune with my body. Um, and I think walking and sort of talking to your future child, you told me to do that pretty early on. Um, and then we, I mean, I only had one real cycle where I actually ovulated and like my husband and I had sex and it wasn't like um, part of the IVF or not IVF, um, IUI process. And while he didn't, he didn't meditate the way that perhaps, um, it's described in your book. Like I meditated before, and then we had 
an experience. And then I, I just felt, I felt like I knew I was pregnant almost immediately after. And that was after a year or a year and a half of, of, um, you know, no such luck. Um, so that's kind of what I would start to do. And I think I needed to hear that because, um, I think one, I want to try the protection meditation and I think maybe I'll go back to doing like with doing the Sat Kriya with that. I don't know. Yeah. You do the Sat Kriya. Why not? Yeah. It worked before, right? Yeah. I'm a little nervous because I, I missed a period. Like I was getting my period, you know, um, which was nice, which had never happened before. So after I had my baby, I started getting a period and was having, I had three periods in like a 35, 37 cycle day. I mean, cycle. And, um, and I was supposed to get it again, like three weeks ago and I never got it. I'm not pregnant. I took a pregnancy test, but so now I'm a little bit like, Oh God, am I going to be back? to where I was in terms of having no period. And have no you been diagnosed with PCOS before? No. No one diagnosed you with PCOS? No, just amnorrhea was like the formal diagnosis. Yeah. Um, did they ever look at your ovaries? Mm-hmm. And they never said you had a lot of, um, like a, a lot of extra resting follicles? No. Did they check if you were ovulating after it, uh, it within your cycle with blood work? Yeah, no, I wasn't ever ovulating on my own. So um, typically that means you have PCOS. Yeah, but it, it's weird. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter, but we well, so just for first off, we know that you did get pregnant without the medications. So right. with PCOS, sometimes you can, so the, with PCOS, if you have PCOS, it, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. And so anybody who's listening right now might be really frustrated because IVF clinics cannot work because the ASRM, our governing body, shut us down. We cannot help people get pregnant right now. Right now? Right now. And so even if you're listening, you're like, I'm going to go to an IVF clinic. They're not going to be open. (laughs) And so you have to wait. And so if this is a really, really good time to consciously prepare your body, if you do need to go get help for ovulation or or whatever, eventually, right? PCOS, it has to be diagnosed with three different characteristics, which I'm not going to go into because that's more of a health lecture. But um you, t- you typically would have extra hair growth in certain places. Um, a lot of people are overweight, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of people I've seen in the clinic are not overweight. They're very skinny. Uh, they Hair growth would be on the chin, on the chest, in different unusual places. I mean, all women do, but I, especially after birth, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, the testosterone, DHEA, and different um, hormones are off. And so what it really looks like if I'm as, as a practitioner and I look at a woman is I'll look using a sun, like a sonogram machine inside the vaginal canal. And I can see both of the ovaries and the ovaries will look, sometimes it's called like a pearl, a ring of pearls around the, around the actual ovaries of looking at the resting egg follicles. So when a woman is born, she's born with so many resting egg follicles, let's say about 500,000 to work with. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of our lives, we release every single month, if we're ovulating properly, a winter egg. I call it the valedictorian winter egg. So the most chromosomally normal egg. And mm-hmm. on the age of 35 to 37, those eggs are not so chromosomally normal, normal and we lose them at a much more where we start to real the, the eggs quantity and quality is reduced. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
with PCOS, you have a lot of resting egg follicles, but none of the valedictorians actually graduate and go to, go to college. Ah, and so the saying, best yeah. thing with PCOS, so, so it's not polycystic ovarian syndrome. I, there's no cysts there. There can okay. be cysts that grow within mm-hmm. the ovaries, but that's not going to affect the fertility. What really affects the fertility is the inability to actually um, ovulate. And so the, the number one thing that actually helps PCOS is food and diet. And so reducing sugars and carbs, and you'll find with PCOS, the overweightness, people get overweight and they also have um, high insulin insulin resistance and tend Uh to get um, prediabetes because of this in this hormonal imbalance within the ovaries creates Uh this, this need to constantly snack, which creates more of a weight gain. Uh I mean, it's a, it's like a cat, it's a cascade. Uh, Yeah. It's like a, Yeah. And so it's, it's a, the best thing for it is actually fruit and vegetables and to reduce like the sugars and the carbs and the, and those types of food, which is really hard when you want to snack all day. So you've got this, you know, it freaking problem. Right. So, but the fruits and vegetables are the best to, to do that. Um, other people you can go read about is Christian, Dr. Christian Northrup has a lot of information on it. Okay. Um, the medical medium, um, Anthony William puts out information on it. Those are the people I really like and trust. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot more but I, I give a lot of references for them. But if you're really frustrated at home and you have PCOS or you're suffering and you're afraid you're not ovulating, the best thing you can do while these clinics are closed because it is food, is diet, yeah. is meditation, um, sock Korea. Just do these things and prepare your body for pregnancy and don't get frustrated that you're not able to run to an IVF clinic or an IUI clinic right now. Prep right. your body to be a better woman. And so start a prenatal vitamin. Start yeah. Taking- oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, start to... You know, like just do my books, Mystical Motherhood and um, Fertile are available on Amazon. Start to read those. Get your house ready. Get your body ready and take this time to really look into your soul to prepare for the baby. And these clinics will open again. There will be another baby boom. And these souls, this, this, all the souls that are leaving will need, well, there's a vacuum being created. And so when you got pregnant and you had you know, if you're not ovulating, I don't know. I haven't looked at your, at your, um, lab values, but a lot of things I also know about PCOS is when you're at home and, uh, um, you're ovulating your LH strips or when you're testing home ovulation strips will always test positive with pH or with PCOS because the LH is always higher. Oh, that's interesting. And so they will say, Oh, I'm ovulating. Oh, and so they they're think they're always accurate. ovulating. Oh no. Yeah. So you're not accurately knowing you're ovulating unless it's a blood test if you have PCOS. Mm-hmm. And I found also personally um, with patients just learning it in the clinic is that PCOS varies and it doesn't look, it doesn't, and there's almost like PCOA like ovaries where it looks like there's a lot of resting egg follicles because um, no, none of them are graduating. None of the valedictorians are leaving. And so, um, it's frustrating for women because they're like, why am I not getting pregnant? Right. You need what you do is you, we, with it, typically at a clinic, we use Clomid and then we use Ovidril, which helps you to ovulate. So for mm-hmm. you, you just keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Was this helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember how we were supposed to talk like a month ago and then we kept like rescheduling and, and you said that the energy, like, yeah, this, this energy is very, I, I, as always, I just, I love you so much, Chelsea. Is there any more questions you have? So while you're prepared to conceive again? 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. Can I recommend something? Yes. Can Wait, I sorry, recommend yes. you read the nutrition chapter of Fertile? Okay. Because in that chapter, I did a lot of work because you're going to have your second baby. And a lot of people who are mm-hmm. listening may have their first baby, but it's good for anybody. But in the tribes, they would separate their babies out by at least three years because they knew that the nutrient deficiencies in uh, the next child would be high and wouldn't create a good generational line. And so they knew women knew this. It wasn't good for them. It wasn't good for the family. I mean, they would try this, right? And so if you're, so these days we don't do that. And so how do you prep your body? Because the baby will take everything from you. Yeah. So you need to do bone broth. And if it's super gross, put the bone broth or vegetable broth if you're a vegetarian, um, just things that are really high nutrient based. And and you can use bone broth with, um, with, with rice. It's just like choose foods that are highly nutrient based and take a prenatal vitamin before becoming pregnant. It's not enough, but I mean, I want you to do EPA and DHA. Mm -hmm. And that is, I don't want that to be with, um, done or that's, I don't pick fish based products. Okay. Algae based products of EPA and DHA. Make sure you're taking vitamin D supplementation. Make what sure about, vitamin CoQ10. Yeah, I was just going to say CoQ10. supplement that helps with the mitochondria within the... Um, within I was taking that. Okay, so I should start taking that again. Yeah, and all of this is in the nutrition chapter of Fertile, okay. which if you go on Amazon and you type in Pritam Atma, P-R-I-T-A-M-A-T-M-A, or you go to the www.mysticalmotherhood.com, you can go and get all this information. There's a long supplement list of what supplements to take while pregnant and why this nutrition is super important. So take this time at home to focus on nutrition, you know, fruits and vegetables and, and filling your body back up because if you're going to have a baby that close together, it's going to be an issue for your own system. Uh-huh. Not the, the child's also affected, but not the level that you are. Okay. <sighs> And you need, you know, vitamin D and calcium is super important for your bone growth. Okay. Any questions? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure I'll have a million, but I'll probably just text you. (laughs) You excited? Yeah. I didn't even know we were going to talk about this. I'm so excited. I didn't either. I honestly didn't. I came in with the full intention of focusing on how to like build a boundary. And then you said that and I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. It's going to be exciting for you. So start the South Korea start, um, the the nutrition and then just fill yourself with joy. And then with your parents, they're always going to be like this. (laughs) So just you're learning and learning and learning that each time that you don't react and that will be, you'll have so much compassion for them because the only reaction is remember the only creation of the pain is within you. Yeah. They can't, they can't, they can't create the pain they can't create your own pain. You only have control over how much pain you allow. Yeah. And if there's any pain, there's still healing to do. So if anyone's listening and you need any help, please reach out to me at www.mysticalmotherhood.com. You can email me at mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com. I work with people privately all over the world. I'm here to help you through anything. If you're going to have a baby or you have a baby or you need questions or just need help. And the, the sessions help you. Have they helped you over the years? Oh my gosh. Yes. Sorry. That, I mean, you know, Chelsea has been, you know, extremely, extremely vital in um, my fertility journal. 
a journal journey. Like I, I would not be where I am today without you and your influence and your teachings. It's just, I feel very fortunate to sort of have been with you on this journey. It's fun. For, now we're going to number two. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast for season three of Mystical Motherhood. If you liked it, please, please, please leave a star review, share this with your friends, or you can subscribe. Sharing the books, uh, Mystical Motherhood and Fertile on social media is really helpful to let other women know that these books and this information is available if they're ready to awaken and go through the process of changing their life and their family. And, uh, and helping the planet by bringing different kind of children down. If you have any questions, feel free to reach me at uh, mysticalmotherhood at gmail.com or you can head over to my website, www.mysticalmotherhood.com. Have a wonderful day and I'll be sure to be releasing a lot more podcasts right now in this time of need.